this week on Erotic Awakening. Anticipatory service, face stuff, and too many subscribers. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. The Erotic Awakening podcast is grateful to the support of our patron community who receive ad-free early access to the podcast as well as other perks. Thank you to all of our supporters, including our newest ones, Shannon and Mark. Awesome. Welcome, guys. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. How are you this fine evening? I'm really, really good. And you know what? Do you remember? Do you, do you, do you know what's in a couple of days? Um, Christmas? No. <laughs> so it's currently, what is it, February 28th Eighth, that we're yes. recording? And um, that means in three days will be mine and Dan's 21st collaring anniversary. So 21 years you have been my collared person. Yes. I I will say, so you had met, we were talking about this earlier today and we were like, oh, well, when we go to Kinky College next week, maybe we should play. And I was thinking 21 years, we're probably too old to play, right? <laughs> but apparently not. Apparently not. And it's like, we'll probably be the first ones in and the first ones out. Right. Well, shit. It's been two years since we've been in a dungeon. So we're uh, probably going to be, be we're going to walk in and probably be people overloaded. But uh, we'll get a scene in, I yeah, hope. I think so, too. Cool. And we'll get into that uh, talking about the Kiki College in a moment since we, it is actually getting close. Mm -hmm. But uh, before that, Dawn, I wanted to mention, um, why don't I have a cup of coffee here while I am doing this podcast? You didn't ask for one. Today on the podcast, we have Hannah the Scribe <laughs> talking about the elusive anticipatory service, which would have provided me with the drink. That's true. Hannah, thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> Hello. So just so our podcast listeners know, I totally set Dawn up for that opening. But so Hannah, start off with what are we talking about? What is anticipatory service? So anticipatory service is service that is provided before the person asks for it. So just like you didn't ask for the coffee, but you could have magically had one appear, um, that would be anticipatory service. It would be getting either a few moments ahead in time for something like a coffee. It could be generating your own service ideas and recurring tasks. It could be you know, getting months ahead of a problem, a few minutes ahead of a problem. It can be coffee, it can be home repair, it can be making a meal plan, it can be a lot of different services on a lot of different timescales. But it's basically just getting one or a few steps ahead. So let me start off by asking, because that sounds great, but how do you step, how do you not end up with this, this idea of topping from the bottom? If, for example, Dawn's always providing these things that I'm not asking for, what's the, how, do I, how do I distinguish anticipatory service from topping from the bottom? Ultimately, it's still the golden rule of service. So the whole, if master doesn't want it, it's not service thing. You know, if she's constantly bringing you coffee and you didn't want coffee, then that seems like topping from the bottom or pushy, or it's like, why do you keep bringing me these coffees at best? <laughs> but if you want the coffees, then you're never going to really ask yourself, you know, is this topping from the bottom? Is this nagging? Is this, this, is that, is this, that? You're just going to say, hey, I have coffee now. That's cool. And, you know, in really, really smooth anticipatory service, you might barely even notice that you have a coffee now. You just kind of forgot that you didn't even have a coffee before. Um, so it's really just 
a matter of making sure that you are correct in your predictions of what they want and sticking to what they do want and not what you think they should want or what you would want or any of those sorts of things. So, okay, because when this used to be a thing years ago, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, so how am I anticipatory and not mothering? That was my biggest thing. I didn't want to get into a mothering thing, like, you know, anticipate that he needs these certain vitamins that he never asked for or, you know, things like that, which could be beneficial, right? But we never had the conversation. So now I'm like, it would feel like I'm mothering him. I I can't come up with a a Mm -hmm. different thing. So I like how you describe that, that it's not something out of the blue. It's kind of like, they didn't even realize they were out of coffee and yet they have another coffee. So that's cool. What kind of reaction do you get from someone you're in service to for anticipatory service? Is it any different than the reaction you get when somebody says, go get me, you know, go do the thing. Well, there can be a few reactions. One of which is they don't notice. Um, And in that case, sometimes that's the best reaction. I mean, sometimes as a slave, you do want, the reaction, you know, you're serving someone, you want the praise, you want at least the acknowledgement that you did something. But in anticipatory service, you don't always have that. If it's you solve a problem before it's a problem or before they notice it's a problem, then you're not going to even have a reaction. Um, When they do notice, it's usually you would hope positive. You know, they're like, oh, I have this thing now. I was just thinking I should get up and get some coffee or I didn't notice I was out of coffee or you know what, I hadn't gotten myself coffee yet today, but I'm glad I have coffee now. Um, You know, and it can also be getting ahead of things on a slightly longer scale, like I mentioned. So it could be fixing a home maintenance problem. It could be adding a whole new recurring service task. So, you know, one of the things that I kind of value as one of my big examples of anticipatory service was we were kind of throwing around ideas. We were going to maybe start adding a morning meal because I was serving dinner every night at 6 p.m., but we didn't have anything else. And she had kind of very vaguely tossed out this idea. And one day I said, you know, what if every morning, 9.30, I serve brunch? And she said, that seems like a great idea. And we did that and um, it went great. You know, we made a few tweaks, like what exactly should I serve for brunch? You know, I had to get all the timing down. But that was, you know, in her mind, some things she thought of as really good anticipatory service because I got ahead of a whole routine that needed to be in place instead of just she needed coffee that morning. Or, you know, I could have made brunch that morning, but that wouldn't have solved our long term problem. So when you get ahead of things on that kind of scale, you know, the reaction is both appreciative in the first moment of you come up with that, but also then it's just built into your routine every day. And also she doesn't promise me to make that brunch every day. So that's also kind of, you know, another meta level of anticipatory service in itself. Mm-hmm. So I think that works out really well and tends to get the positive recognition. Well, have you ever misfired? Have you ever provided service that was not only not wanted, but rejected? I don't think I've had anything go terribly wrong, but every now and then there's little things like, you know, in the winter here in Vegas, she usually starts, you know, the morning with a hot coffee. And normally for some reason that escapes me, she drinks her coffee black and iced. Um, But in the winter, in the morning, she starts usually with a hot coffee with some cream and sugar and all of that. And so sometimes I misfire on if she's ready to then switch from that morning coffee to 
her afternoon iced coffee, you know, like, okay, I know you want coffee, but now it's a matter of which coffee and just little things like that more so than huge misfires. Um, something I tend to tell people is, you know, with anticipatory service, you are probably going to have a conversation at some point and you are probably going to ask if they like that service or what their preference is at some point. So, you know, when you have that conversation the first time and then you can provide that in an anticipatory manner going forward. So usually you're not acting totally blind. And I think that people tend to be more afraid of big misfires than A, you know, it's really not that tragic when it happens usually. And B, it probably happens less than people expect if you really do communicate up front. So scenario for you, and this is from just a few minutes ago. So we are parked in an RV on a hillside and our RV is a little wobbly. So is it anticipatory service to ask him if I can go get something to help with the situation to try something out? I mean, is that still, I mean, I'm thinking ahead, would that be considered anticipatory or should it have been, I just go out and buy the things and unload them and say, here, use this. I think it depends. You know, if you just, if you go ahead and ask, you know, is this the thing I should be doing? That can definitely be anticipatory because you're asking the question first, you know, the next level might be you go out and do it yourself. But then another thing is a lot of people still have permissions based dynamics in addition to anticipatory service. So if you need permission to, you know, leave your RV, then it's obviously not going to be a great anticipatory service to just run out and buy something because then you're violating your permissions dynamic. So that can still be a factor if you need to either notify them that you're going to do something, notify them that you have just done something, you know, seek permission to solve the problem, seek permission for your solution, propose solutions and let them choose one. You could say, hey, here are three things I can do about the RV being wobbly. You know, would you like to pick one? The thing I advise people against is just alerting them that there's a problem. You know, if you were like, hey, the RV is wobbly, that's not a great anticipatory service because all you've done is basically notice the problem first, maybe, but now you've transferred ownership of the problem. Mm -hmm. So now they kind of have to decide, are we going to do something about that? What are we going to do about that? And do I have to delegate that back to you? And now you've just kind of put it on their plate just by noticing it. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, that sounds a little passive aggressive too. Wait, I just did that earlier. I didn't mean it to be passive aggressive. Right. I'm just yeah. like, whoa, it's still a little wobbly. <laughs> it, and the challenge comes in that, you know, and, and I, I, I don't mean to go back to this, but again, if that service is, for example, so we take, let's just make up the scenario with this, the RV stabilizers. Well, you know what? The RV is stabilizers is my responsibility. That's my uh, domain. So can, is there a concern that your anticipatory service is actually going to go into someone, your, your leader's domain and kind of undermine them? Um, if, for example, in your household, your, um, your leader wanted to get their own coffee, Right. They're like, oh, I can't wait to go make my special coffee with my special creamer and stuff. Right. But every time they think they're thirsty, bam, another cup of coffee shows up and it would be kind of a dick move to complain. Oh, well, fucking thanks for doing Take exactly what I wanted you to do. You know, 
have so is that a scenario you deal with in your mind at all or you just do it and hope it turns out or am i am i a lousy follower because i'm making it all fucking complicated i should stay on my side of the slash i think ultimately there is usually communication up front you know if you know, it could be that you misfire today on if they wanted that coffee right now. But if you know that they always enjoy making their own coffee, then that's something you just don't try to get ahead of them on. You know, in our dynamic, we have a lot of anticipatory service and a lot of things that just, you know, kind of recur naturally. You know, I do this every day. I do this at this time every day. I do this every Monday. I do this every first of the month, whatever. And so sometimes, you know, she just wants the feeling of telling me to do something. Right. Because otherwise she just literally doesn't get that kind of dumb space rush of I told someone to do something and they did it because things just kind of happen. You know, and things just kind of happening can be magical and fun and cool and you feel really noticed and paid attention to. But sometimes, you know, you just want to tell someone to do something and have them do it. Um, So there are things where you know, I wait or I kind of create opportunities for her to still be able to ask me to do things, you know, like if I'm with her, I tend to be kind of on, let's say her coffee, her water. Um, But when we're across the house, she can hit a button on her page or transmitter thing and it pages me and then I can come get her coffee. And even though we already have that system in place, once I'm there, she can still have that moment of telling me to go get her something because she summoned me from, you know, further away. So I wasn't there to just like hop right on the coffee the second it was empty. So we still managed to strike a balance in terms of sometimes you just want to tell someone to do something. And sometimes you just kind of want a problem to solve itself. So um, as a follower... Okay, so uh, man, I've got a lot of crap going on in my head right now. I got f- like five questions to ask. Let's see if I can get it straightened out. So, you said as a leader that sometimes they like to give commands. So as a and Dan just got all excited about that. And then, but as a follower that gives anticipatory service, do you also like to receive commands? Yes, I mean I like being directly told to do something. I like being really clear on it the first few times. You know, I didn't know immediately how she liked her coffee. I actually don't drink coffee myself. So I was very confused on how to use the coffee grinder and the coffee maker and the coffee cup. And, you know, there were all these little things. Um, So there was a lot of upfront training, you know, so to speak. I think that's a word people have mixed feelings on, but she taught me how to do it her way and just how to use a coffee maker, period. And, you know, so that kind of gave me my hit of like, you know, I got taught how to do something. I got told to do something. And I also like, you know, her telling me to do things day to day. So I like that we still have opportunities for that too. Nice. So, cause Dan, like I said, Dan, I felt his excitement when you said that. And I'm like, yeah, he thinks I'm boring now. Cause we've been together for 21 years. And he tells people that I'm great, which is cool but it's because I know him so well, but he gets turned on by giving orders. I get turned on by obeying. Right. So there there is a, um, and and we've talked about this in the past where Mm -hmm. when I bring in a new submissive, somebody who doesn't know me like the back of their hand and I say, um, whatever it is. And we'll, we'll stick to coffee since that's been our example for the day. Uh, Go get me a cup of coffee 
and they bring it back and it's cold and it's got cream and a little umbrella in it. I can, I'm like, oh, so incompetent. I can't believe this. But part of me is like, ah, this is going to be a good training up. It's going to take me a long time to train them how to make coffee. And Mm -hmm. like your, um, like your leader, I too like to change the type of coffee I want throughout the day. So Don might say, oh, here's your coffee. Is it hot or cold? Uh, I have a 50-50 chance of how you <laughs> like it at this particular fucking moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I agree with you, Don. There is that, that desire. The, the anticipatory service actually does, though, as a, as a leader type, does feel good because you also accept that you have done uh, a fair amount of skillful training. For example, right, tonight... Um, I can say, you know, just go make dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Or not even go make dinner and dinner just appears, right? I don't have to go, oh, what do I want for dinner? Okay, I want the onions and the cucumbers and make a cheeseburger and the Bombay potatoes, but don't use, blah, blah, blah. say just make dinner and, and have them ability to do that. Um, so all that's very cool. It is. We got. I think we got a good combination going on. I used to think that I wasn't good at anticipatory service, and I think it's just because I define things a little differently. Maybe like I'm not coming up with super creative things. We're gonna go on this vacation, and it's all planned out, which he hates, by the way. And you know, in these things, because I've anticipated you need a vacation, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. And instead, sometimes it's just the small stuff. And it took me a long time to realize that. I think the reality is anticipatory service is service, but faster. You know, I teach a class on it. And what I tell people is you literally, the only skill you truly, truly need is to be slightly less lazy than the person you're serving and just do it very slightly faster. You know, it doesn't have to be anything grand. It can be, you know, it's just service that is anticipatory. It's the service you already provide a few minutes earlier. You know, and I advise all kinds of things like mindfulness meditation to make sure you are noticing them and paying attention. And that can be really powerful for the person you're serving because they feel noticed, they they feel paid attention to. You know, the fact that you bother to learn their habits, their cues, you know, the face they make when they want another cup of coffee and how they like it. And you put in the skill into learning how to do that. Um, And something for us as far as the balance is also, since we have a kind of high protocol dynamic, it's, you know, the service may also be kind of dictated in terms of protocol. So even if I provide the service in an anticipatory manner, there could also be that kind of control oriented, you know, hit from it being provided in exactly the right way. So it could be, you know, which hand do you serve the coffee with, or do you serve it on a tray, or do you wait in the doorway for them to let you come in to serve the coffee and therefore you can still have that control factor and it's not like you're just kind of their mom running around them but you're also providing you know the service before they ask for it but you already have that control hit kind of in place from exactly how you provide it even if you're a few minutes ahead of the game nice nice very cool all right so one more question for you if you don't mind (laughs) a lot of people that are new to service do well when they're told go do the thing and they're like oh good i've got and very, how to do it and the clear right. instruction very yeah. clear instruction right 
But anticipatory service would seem to require a somewhat of a level of self-confidence. How do you, because you're saying, I, I know my, my leader well enough to know they want coffee. I'm going to go get them coffee. I'm going to take them coffee. And I'm going to risk the rejection that, of them looking at me and going, well, I haven't had any water today. And you're bringing me more coffee. Hmm. Okay. Um, how do you make that? Or did was that even an issue for you? That developing that level of self-trust to take that leap of, I don't know, leap of faith and, and start doing service that wasn't exactly said, go do the thing. I think part of it is trust in yourself and trust in them. You know, for me, I trust that she's not going to totally flip out if I bring her the wrong coffee. You know, I'm going to trust future me that if she doesn't want the coffee, it's not going to ruin my day. And I need to trust that I will probably be correct, which just kind of comes with time, mostly. You know, the better you know them, the more the more you've gotten it right in the past, the more you're going to trust yourself in the future, which means you kind of need to, you know, stretch that muscle now, because if you never try and succeed, then you never have any success to look back on. Mm-hmm. So you need to kind of create that for your future self. Nice. Um, and I also advise people, like I said, just things like mindfulness meditation, getting you know your head to be in the moment, little things like noticing every outlet when you come into a room or five things that are blue or five things that are round, just to keep your head in the moment. And that way you can you know, kind of have your eyes open. And so you can notice the thing before they do. And the more you stretch those muscles, so to speak, then the more you'll trust your own ability, just like going to the gym with actual muscles, you know, day one, you're going to be like, I bet I can't run for five minutes. But when you've run for two minutes, you're like, okay, maybe five. And <laughs> when you run for five minutes every day, then you don't think twice about it. So this is where my hyper-awareness comes in handy. The whole counting outlets and stuff. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> anytime I walk into any place, <laughs> yeah. not counting outlets specifically. Right. But just hyper aware of everything and there's a really interesting aspect to this of accepting anticipatory service without mm. feeling like you're being mothered yes yeah exactly like you were saying earlier right yeah um and we and you know there are occasions where i don't not only do i not want anticipatory service i want to make my own damn mistakes uh, oh yes we've had this conversation mm-hmm. before and thus end up with no coffee, but to recognize I'm, I've got no coffee because I have not provided the opportunity to be successful. Um, Hannah, I don't know who you're, who you're serving, but I like them and I like how much focus they have on coffee. Speaking of coffee, and we talk a lot about coffee over here at my house too. Uh, thank you very much for being on the podcast tonight. Hang out with us for a little while. How, if people wanted to bring you in to either uh, to teach about anticipatory service, how would they get a hold of you? I'm Hannah Describe on FetLife, and I run serviceslavesecrets.com as well as slaveclass.com. Fantastic. Awesome. So, Dawn, we have been talking about the um, Kinky College for a while ago as our little, our little segue into talking <laughs> about other things, but the reality of the situation is we're actually going to Kinky College we are in, in just a couple of weeks. 
I think we talked earlier, it's 10 days from the point that we're mm -hmm. recording this. You and I have, uh, we went to an event in South Carolina mm -hmm. some time ago. ago. But, but you seem to have found an email that we've been going to Kinky College since when? I think you said I, 2004. I, something like that. It was 2000, some, the early 2000s. So I could look it up again for you. I'm liable to lose our camera. <laughs> if you are. <laughs> because it's on my computer with the camera. <laughs> we'll take that as a thing and I understand. So, so I will say that if you are in the Chicago, Illinois area, we are coming to a town near you. Well, no, we're coming to that town. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we will be at Kinky College. So, And, and if um... you can't remember the dates of Kinky College, which I've already forgotten, Dawn, how could I figure out what those dates are? Well, you can keep up with all of our events and places we're going, book news, discounts, and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. And get your EA awesome shout out, like Todd in Ohio, Sunny from Michigan, Donna in Virginia, Kesley from Colorado, Melissa from Massachusetts, Mark from New York. I think Mark is from Kentucky. Ducky from Maine. Oh, and Mark from New York and Mark from Kentucky. Yes. <laughs> Ducky from Maine. Uh, Paxius from California. Wayne from Australia. And Peter from Illinois. Head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. We've got a lot of subscribers. That is just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. New patrons, new subscribers. After 13 years, you would think things would be fading out and instead they're ramping up again people are ready to get back out and just embrace their kinkiness absolutely about a week ago now i did a uh you've been doing the submissive roundtable mm -hmm, for, for many years now. since the room so we're talking two five ten years two five ten because two with COVID, five with the space, and a couple with the room. Time is so <laughs> freaking weird be right now because of COVID. It's like, mm -hmm. where'd those two years go? How, I don't understand. I missed it. Yeah. Anyway, the, uh, so you do this submissive roundtable. So last mm -hmm. Friday, I did a leader found roundtable. Had 50 people on FetLife saying either going or... I've warned you. Maybe. And fortunately, only nine people showed yes. up. So we ended up having a very nice conversation. Yeah, it's actually, it's cool when there's a big group, but it's intimate when it's a small group. So I'm okay when it's a couple of people or a large amount of people. Absolutely. I prefer for things like that, a smaller amount of people. Mm -hmm. If you want to find out more about that, uh, look for Dan and Dawn on the FetLife, Fet I suppose would be easy way yep. to do that. And it'll be on the um, the next newsletter. All right, let's wrap this thing up with some fetishes. Hannah, I see you're still hanging out there. By the way, if you don't mind me asking, off over to your shoulder, do you have a hammock for cats? It is technically a hammock for people, oh. but the cats think it is for them. Okay, because <laughs> during our conversation, a cat leapt out of that hammock. <laughs> and I managed to not ask about it then. I didn't think it'd be appropriate. That was anticipatory something. <laughs> I was going to say anticipatory pussy, but that one did not. <laughs> Which is particularly funny considering our topic for these fetishes. So Hannah, you had um, said that you'd be okay with talking about one of these. You don't know what's coming though. But nope. do, you prefer, do you want one, two, or three? Uh, go for it. Let's, let's do three. 
All right. Oh, well, this is actually a very interesting one. So we're in the F's at the moment. F's yes. for face. <laughs> yes. All three of these are related to faces. How do you feel about or have you ever done a scene that involved face slapping? Yes. Many. Um, I, would, up there. 10 of 10. Nice. So would you consider it a kink or a fetish or just a like or... I, I think it's like a side dish to me. Like it, it wouldn't be a whole scene, but it's something I would do in any other kind of scene, you know? Yeah. So nice. let me break in for a moment and say, oh, podcast listener, if you're new to the realm of BDSM, face slapping is not something you just want to put out there on your significant other. There is a particular style. There's a particular scene. You have to watch out for cheekbones. You have to watch out for ringing of the ears. It would be fantastic to go to a class on face slapping before Mm -hmm. you actually start doing it. You might get punched (laughs) back depending on who you slap. (laughs) Absolutely. Do you find, Hannah, that face slapping scenes tend to cause emotional reactions? I think... In a lot of people, yes. And me, it's not so much emotional, but honestly, we do it so much that now I flinch whenever she moves. Ah. Uh, and that is something that my mom notices occasionally. Oh, no. So it can definitely cause a long-term reaction. <laughs> I totally get that because Dan likes to karate chop me and punch me. I will go. <laughs> he moves too fast. I will go to pinch her. <laughs> and my little pinchy fingers are like not even touching the skin yet she's like ouch i'm like no wait oh what does they call that anticipatory bdsm yeah, <laughs> that dawn you want one or two one dawn how do you feel about the face fucking uh described here as an extreme form of a blowjob where a male-bodied person roughly fucks a partner's mouth uh totally enjoy it so i like to be gagged as in gagged with cock Mm-hmm. I like to slobber. I like to, I also like to be able to tap out though. Because <laughs> sometimes you just need to breathe. But I do like, oh my God, when it just gets slobbery and wet and, and mm, th- th- there's a, there, mm, this is hard to describe. Yes. <laughs> I, I can't tell if Hannah's thinking, I'm glad I didn't pick that one or damn, I should have picked that one. I don't know. <laughs> Could go either way. Either way. Okay. <laughs> I, I really do. It's very part. My kink is power exchange. Mm-hmm. My kink is being dominated, right? A lot of the stuff with BDSM is just tools for that domination and that power exchange. So grabbing my face and force feeding me cock is phenomenal. <laughs> you know what? I will say I am a fan of the face fucking, but I will say it comes with the caveat of there is some separation of self that I have to do because I do consider it extreme. And I also kind of probably uh, harbor a small question that you're actually enjoying it, mm-hmm. which I probably should not question <laughs> apparently. 21 years. Yes. <laughs> 23 of actually being together and we're still... Uh finding things out well i know what my hobby is gonna be um don what do i get you get face sitting 
the act of a woman sitting on a man's face while he performs oral. Face sitting can include mild suff suffocation, but doesn't have to. It's incredibly dominant. Huh. Uh, you know what? I, I, so I, what I'm perceiving from this is we're not talking about a sexual position where you're yoni is on top of my face right where i'm this just straddling you right. for access this is more of a uh, act of domination yeah that's why i went huh because we've done the position before but no way would i consider it dominant or suffocation or anything like that yeah i'm a fan of the position but not of the being dominated that way not my thing yeah cool have you ever smushed anybody's no, face with no, you? No, I don't know that that would, like I said, I've done the position. I don't know that I would actually go into a dominant mode with that. I picture you. I might, I'm afraid I'll like it and not, or that my knees will because I'm getting older. So maybe my knees will give out and yeah. I can't get it's, up. Your suffocation is not an act of dominance. It's an act of poor knees. Get up. Oh, sorry, the visual. Yeah. What, what about you, Hannah? I've done it for the access thing. Have <laughs> not done it as domination. I, I also have joint issues. So sometimes, yeah, the, the getting off thing, it's like, uh, give it a second. Give it a right. second. You <laughs> should have seen Dawn trying to get out of a hammock earlier. I can imagine. If got <laughs> Charlie Horse, I got Charlie Horse. Gonna have to be there for a while. <laughs> Side note, I will say. I have, and I believe it was, it was probably you, Don, though I can't guarantee that. I have been suffocated in that position before accidentally. Yeah? Yeah, it's like you'll get so close to coming, you're really not paying attention, and I'm like tapping out. I'm like, hello, hello. That very well could have been me, plus I'm short, right? I'm short, so straddling anything is dangerous. And then I used to be 100 pounds heavier, so getting up was even... <laughs> <laughs> more difficult so yeah well this take your life at your own risk <laughs> degenerated <laughs> quickly or it's actually where it normally is uh don no pod no tentacles on what? boobs no tentacles on boobs no but I did you do have plenty of tentacles i got um, some tentacles in so there's a new thing out there it's an octopus mug holder mm -hmm. and i've got a lot of people sending me um pictures of that uh, what the first one was dave so dave gets credit for that one and then the mer pirate sent me a pencil and ink drawing it's um it's a girl with horns mm -hmm. and she's got tentacles wrapped around her from behind so yummy, <laughs> yummy, yummy. And then, um, and Sam Wall likes to send me random stuff on um, Instagram. Mm -hmm. And this one was a watercolor of a double penetration scene. And it was tagged Polly Living. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, that's not my Polly, but it could be. <laughs> and uh, Chip the Tentacle Guy sent a, uh, a number of tentacles but you haven't seen those yet so we'll have to talk about those next chip show. the tentacle guy is still around uh, he, hi chip we will um we are see i whenever i think of chip the tentacle guy yes there's a blanket right behind dan right now that bat put together and she put it together she created it from t-shirts from our podcast listeners and chip the tentacle guy donated one of his military brown t-shirts and she cut it into tentacles 
and it's all over the blanket. So that's really cool. That's a hell of a thing to be known for. Indeed. I sleep on Chip all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us at Dan and Dawn on the Twitter or FetLife. And or Erotic Awakening on Instagram, where or, I post daily. Or just use the links from Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and or Discord. Or just email us at Dawn at eroticawakening.com. And I would like to say that Discord, I love to throw that out there. We have got daily conversation on our Discord channel. We've got a big conversation about power exchange and poly going on there right now. That's got great input. So join us on Discord. Bye, Don. <laughs> Bye, Dan. Bye, Hannah. Bye, Hannah. Bye.